Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As Jesus stepped out onto the land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time, he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demons into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion. For many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine were feeding. And the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine. And the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. When the swine herds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by the demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding countryside asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone out had begged Jesus that he might be able to be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home, and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. If... This story didn't have Jesus in it, and if it didn't appear in the New Testament, it would fit very well into the category of fairy stories. There's a famous, well, not so much famous here, but certainly famous in uh, Eastern Europe, a Romanian story about a magical pig in which uh, the people who possessed it at various times, magical things, not always good things, happened to them. This story was written and enacted in a time when people believed that the world was continually surrounded and interwoven with unseen forces that impacted on their lives and 
and the world and the weather and everything around them. These forces were sometimes experienced as good but often experienced as evil and they weren't understandable nor were they controllable. Things just happened. On the lake fishing, a storm comes. Stuff just happens. Now we could see of course this understanding of the world as both primitive and ancient and, and a kind of superstition, kind of childlike way of understanding the world. Because children spend a lot of time confused as to how things and why things happen. And it would be easy to say, well, it's obvious to us that evil spirits don't exist. Uh, but I think we'd be foolish to be so certain about the way the world is. It's not that clear. We can't really be sure. And in fact, our lives are lived in the face of unseen forces all the time. Forces that operate out of our control and that we don't quite understand and that don't seem to be paying much attention to us. You wouldn't have to spend long reading the news before you discovered a thing called the market. And the market determines all kinds of things in our culture. Who should earn a lot of money and who should earn a little. You could get on stage and sing in, sing, uh, in a reasonably coherent fashion and earn a fortune. You could teach children, which we would all consider to be a really worthwhile and vital, impor vital importance, and earn just enough to get by. You can work in the nursing home across here, caring for old people, and earn barely enough to get by. Or you can move money around in the stock market and earn a fortune. And that's because that's the way the market has determined it. It's an unseen force that we can't have any control over, but seems to indicate the way our lives should be. We have increased double, there are double or more than double now the number of people on casual employment contracts than there were a decade ago. Why? Because suddenly everybody wanted to work casually and work from pay packet to pay packet hoping it might be roughly the same so they could pay their bills? Probably not. But the market demands it. That's just the way it is. There are unseen forces that run around in our world that we are just as subject to and just as unsure about and just as confused by, but often pretty sure that they're not necessarily for our benefit. So we can't be too sure that these people are living different lives to us. And those lives, those unseen forces that can do us damage, we're certainly doing damage to the young, to the man in this story. He wasn't living in community. He was living in the tombs. He was, you could say, as good as dead. He was completely outside community. His life was not worth living. It was a terrible existence. And his community did what we often do when the unseen forces attack us. They decided to focus on the individual, so they chained him up. They held him down. They tried to control him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. We do this all the time in our culture. The reason why 
The current federal government and the Labor Party wouldn't commit to raising the New Start allowance, which we haven't done for uh, a quarter of a century, is because to do so would indicate to people that they didn't have to go out and look for a job. They could just lie around all day doing whatever they want. If you know anybody on New Start allowance, or if you are on it or have been on it yourself, you know this is complete nonsense. But it's much easier to say, well, the reason that you haven't got a job is because you're not pulling your finger out and putting your, the work into it. There are jobs out there if you want them. It, what is it that Morrison keeps saying? Um, there, there's a... It goes through my head all the time. There's a... Get along if, to go... Come on, somebody must have been listening to him. If you have a go, you get a go. That's right, if you have a go, you get a go. Which means if you're not having a go, you're not going to get a go. And because there's all these people who are willing to lie around and do nothing. That's the subtext. But of course, in this story, it's not just this man who's bound and under guard and controlled. But the whole country is. And we know that because what's the name of the demons that were inside the man? Legion. There's only one use for the term legion, and that is the group of Roman soldiers who controlled the province of Palestine and Galilee, where these people lived. Somewhere between five and 6,000 soldiers made up a legion, and there was one station not very far from where this event happened. And it controlled the whole region. The whole of the country was bound up. So what does Jesus do? Well, by rights he shouldn't do anything at all. And in fact, the demons say that. They say, what have you to do with us, Jesus, son of the most high God? This is just the way the world is. You're supposed to keep your head down and get on with it. And don't disrupt things. And anyway, what could love and compassion have to do against a whole legion of Roman soldiers who were, who were acting cruelly to the population day after day? What can calling for justice and fairness, as our churches do over and over again, our denomination and all the denominations put out statements for justice and fairness at the recent federal election? They got hardly any airplay at all. No interest by either of the major parties. What could you possibly do against this? What have you to do with me, Jesus? This is not your region. This is not your area. First of all, he's a Jew and he's outside of the Jewish territories. Secondly, he's trying to involve himself in something that has nothing to do with him. Well, what does Jesus actually do? Well, the first thing he does is he calls out the evil. And we, we don't actually know where he does that because the, the text says that Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. It doesn't tell you when he does that. It just tells you that he has done it somewhere in that moment. Jesus calls out the unclean spirit. He gets on with the work of justice and compassion. And he says to the man, what is your name? He speaks to the man as an individual, as a person of worth, not as a number, not as a collection of people. 
but as an individual. And I reckon this is our job all the time, is to call out injustice, just as our friends in Hong Kong are doing. This is an injustice, and we're going to call it out, and we're going to come together to call it out. And if the organisers are right in their estimation, a quarter of the Hong Kong population are saying this. And we always know when there's a protest on, there's a lot of people who agree with it who don't turn up. So who knows, maybe most of the Hong Kong population want this. But it's about caring for the individual that Jesus says, what is your name? What does it mean to call out oppression when it's wrong? What does it mean to call out for justice? What does it mean when we've just had another penalty rate cut in Australia, or we will do, I think, at the end of this month now, um, for the lowest paid workers to get paid even less? At the same time as the highest paid workers continue to increase their income, including our our federal politicians. The Fair Work Commission has recognised that politicians need to earn more money. And the reason they need to earn more money, they've told us this week, is because you can only attract the good people if you pay them a lot. We know that's rubbish. We know that the good people do the good work out of the goodness of their heart. The work that we do on this site at Hope's Cafe and in Goodies and in United Communities is done by volunteers who get paid nothing. In fact, it costs them to be here. They have to get here. Some of them, some of our volunteers are as poor as the people they help and we have to help them get here by giving them a bus token, a bus ticket. Others have to pay for their own car to get here. I don't know whether it costs them a dollar or five dollars, but they're willing to give out of themselves just as so many of you are in whatever it is you're doing. We know that this is nonsense, that the truth of things is that people come out of the goodness of who they are, the strength of what it means to be an individual member of community. So what does Jesus then do? Well, he first of all, he cleans out the man and then he cleans out the culture. He cleans out the man by getting rid of the evil forces that are oppressing him and manipulating him and making him less than a human being. You could barely describe it as a human life to be living in the mud of the tombs with no clothes on. He changes the man's situation so he can become human again. And then he sends these evil spirits into the pigs. Now pigs, for any good Jew we know, is anathema. Jews don't eat pigs. And they shouldn't even have pigs in the vicinity. The reason the pigs are there is because the Romans love pigs. They love to eat pigs. Who doesn't like bacon? You know, the, the Romans actually had some, some really good ideas. I quite like bacon and pork. But the Jews didn't, or they weren't supposed to. And so Jesus, in this, in, in this act, sends the pigs off the cliff, cleans out, in a sense, the culture. says, this is not the way we should be living. To be a true human being, to be a good Jew, is to not eat pork. But more than the point is, you're cleaning out legion, the Romans, out of the culture, and everything that is about, that is against the culture has been cleaned out. The, the pigs are gone. So he's cleaning out the man and cleaning out the culture. Because it's not just about being an individual. 
You can't be a human being by yourself alone. Not fully human. Loneliness is that growing um, problem in our culture. Over and over again we're seeing reports now about people's sense of isolation. And there was a report come out recently that said that loneliness is as big a killer as smoking. Which is an extraordinary idea. Loneliness is as big a killer as smoking. So we know that to be human, we need to be in some ways connected to community. And Jesus says that to this guy. He says, don't come with me. Go home. Go back to your community. Rebuild community. Not only to be present in community, but he gives him a task. Because to be in community is not only to be cared for in community, but to be a carer. You can't be in full community unless you are contributing, unless you are necessary. How many times have you been in something where if you left, you figure no one's going to even notice you were there? That's not full community. Community is when you're not there, we know you're not there because your contribution isn't being, isn't being made on that occasion. So there are people who aren't here today because they're not well. There's quite a few people in our congregation at the moment not well. In fact, two of our Spire Quartet have fallen over this week. One just this morning just came and then couldn't quite get it together. You know, you can't sing if you can't sing. There's lots of people like that. And we miss their contribution because they are part of something. They're not just making up the numbers. And Jesus did that. He not only sent him back to community, to the place where he's from, to to his home, but he gave him something to do, to tell people his experience of God. So he cleaned out the, the man, he restored him. And that's the story of the gospel over and over again. It's the story of us being restored as fully human, given a place and given a call, given something to do. Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he did it. He went away proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. Amen.